This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. Jack. Yes, Tanner. What a weird, what a weird fucking book we read this week. What a weird book. I'm not gonna say I didn't like it. I what liked did we it. even read? It was a weird. It was good. It was good. I liked it. It was strange, but it was a weird fucking book. And did it they, was from. Do you you you're a man who under who understands and studies the world of the superheroes? Mm. Do they in the superhero like Joseph Campbell? He, that's the hero cycle. The monomyth <laughs> in in the superhero. Comic books? What I meant is Joseph Campbell's like a superhero to me. Oh, I see. Because okay. of his story analysis. Great. That's awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks. That's very tangential to what I was asking you, so you can shelve that. Do they like, when they're like winding down like the Infinity Gauntlet or some fucking epic thing, do they yeah. suddenly introduce just a brand new character out of fucking nowhere? I'll be totally honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot of the times, like, they do a big story arc, and then it's like, this is great, it's on a lot of comic books, and then people are like, well, the story arc's kind of over, but you want to keep selling comic books. Yeah. So you're kind of keeping it going artificially longer than it should go, and you start to, like, introduce all these new superheroes and concepts, and... So, yeah, yeah. So they'll bring somebody in, just out of nowhere. Yeah, except um, what they don't usually do is bring in, like... I don't know, 15 new characters. Well, I'm talking I'm not talking about the characters here. No, you're talking about the ghostwriter. I get I'm, that. I'm talking about the ghostwriter. But what Diane Ma- <coughs> can't, even, <laughs> can't even wrap my head around this name. Diane Mollison? Diane Mollison. What Baby Diane Mollison did was introduce a bunch of new fictional characters as well. Yeah, so Anne introduces a new ghostwriter to the League of Extraordinary Ghostwriters just as we're marching towards the finish line. Yeah. We got a little more than 10 books left. Here's a, hey, so, and hey like, boys, here's a yeah. juke for you. Yeah, check this out. Laranges is on the fucking books. bench. Yeah. And here's Diane, and she's got some fucking ideas about how this series is going to play out. You and then what Diane does... Is she's like, I'm going to put everybody in this fucking book. Yeah, including a bunch of new people that aren't people. Like you look Gracie? Her up? I didn't look her up. I kind of wanted to, I was kind of wanted to wait, do that with you. But first, I'd like to introduce the podcast. Okay. Is that all right with you? It's fine. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 I'm your host, Jack Shepard. Jack Shepard? Yes. Mm-hmm. The one who... Um, you know who I am. We've been we've done a hundred and twenty three episodes together. Jack Shepard. Yep. Uh, from from, from TV's your life. Lost. No, from your life. From the hit ABC show Lost. No, that Jack Shepard. Yes, as played by Matthew Fox. Yeah, from Bone Tomahawk. Uh huh. What's important here is that you introduce yourself, now. and I'm Tanner Greenring. And every week, I Matthew Fox from. TV's Party of Five, Matthew Fox. From TV's Party of Five. What a heart-wrenching show, huh? Yeah. Their parents died. Yeah. And Matthew Fox... He can't. He had to raise that Party of Five all on his own. <laughs> Wait, isn't that Charles in Charge? Huh. <laughs> Jack Shepard, as played on the hit TV show Lost by Matthew Fox, inspired by Scott Bayo's charles from charles in charge and you're tanner greenring and every week we talk about a new novel in the great sitter's cycle by the hand that shakes the princess of the prince of towns saint annabelle matthews martin stormborn soul skinner mother of clocks and bane to bat she is the first of her name and the last of her kind and baby nation the last hope for humankind but i don't have to tell you that what i do have to tell you is what book we read this week and are going to be discussing and that book was weird marianne weird and book. the playground fight let me say the name and then you can say what it is marianne and the playground fight and it was weird it was weird book it was weird by diane mollison she came out of left field and she gave us a left field book this week <sighs> baby nation um 
Let's uh, let's dive right into Diane Mollison, Tanner. You want to do some? <gasps> All around, All around me are familiar faces. Jack Googles, Jack Googles. You want to get in on it too? Tanner Googles. All right, man. All right, Diane Mollison. So she did an adaptation of The Secret Garden. Yeah. Kind of seems like what she's best known for. Yeah, that seems... She's also written a little book called How Ducklings Grow. Huh. Easy science experiments. I'm not... It's I'm weird because I'm not actually page. seeing any bibliography credits so here for it says, the Babysitter's it says Club. On, I've got... I'm on Scholastic.com here on a page that's called Diane Mollison Books, Author Biography and Reading Level. Why would they think to put her reading level? Okay, Jack. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Okay. You guess how many Babysitter's Club books she's written? Two. One. One! They just brought her in for this! Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? And she, there's nothing. You can't find a picture of her. Her credit is, is her one Babysitter's Club book, number 120, Marianne and the Playground Fight, and her reading level, which is... I assume very high if she's writing books. <laughs> Oh, I see. <laughs> you think it's like the back of like a 1992 Marvel superhero card? <laughs> yeah, where it's yeah, like, yeah. Gun proficiency, five. <laughs> Intelligence, four. Reading, reading level, level. Off the charts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Infinity. Uh, curiouser and curiouser. She has written one, two, three, four, five Babysitter's Little Sister books. Wow. Diane Mollison. Diana the Huntress. Mollison. Okay. Sure. From mythology. Yeah. Well, the we Amazon. Know, yeah, well, Artemis. Not, well, not the Amazon, though. I'm sure she was precious to the Amazons in many ways. But yeah. Now, Artemis do you mean the, queen, the princess of the Amazons? Diana? Diane? No, I don't mean that, Tanner. Wonder and Woman? I, yes. I know you're talking about Wonder Woman, who I imagine takes her name from Diana the Huntress. The virgin goddess. Well, she took her name from the queen of the Amazons, who birthed her miraculously from clay. Okay, yes. There are, as you should know from reading your Joseph Campbell, there are many different mythologies that intersect and, and have uh, who's things Joseph to say Campbell? to each other. Your hero. Superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Mollison, the huntress. She's got to catch them all, Tanner. She's like the collector from She's Marvel. Like Ash Ketchum. Okay. Yep. She's like Ash Ketchum. They gave her the fucking keys to the castle this week, and she was like, "I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have Victoria Rutherford. I'm gonna have Alan Gray. I want Janine. We're gonna bring Dawn back. I need to make sure that Cokie Mace. I said Dawn. Dawn. We're gonna bring Dong back. Sounds like a really good, like, <laughs> genuine song. It's 2018. Let's bring Dong back. <laughs> It sounds like a really good like R and B. It's like a weekend song. Dong's been out of style for a while. Yeah, it's time to bring Dong back. You're gonna like it. She wants Cokie Mason in this one, and then she was like, "You know what? This book won't be complete with without Ashley Wyeth, Emily fucking Bernstein." Oh, and I'm gonna drop a casual reference to Gracie. Yeah. Hey, and while we're here, why not um Peter Hayes? Who? Everyone's favorite Logan's best friend, Peter Hayes. Everyone knows Logan's best friend, Peter Hayes, right? Peter Hayes, Logan's best fucking friend. Oh, and also, we've got Alan Gray's best friend, Raj Somerset. What we a all cut remember up. Raj, right? <laughs> or um, how about this? Uh, former, I, I'm going to say Prime Minister of England? Gordon Brown. We've Gordon actually Brown. seen Gordon Brown before. But he's back. He's back. <laughs> fucking Disraeli's in this book. Here's what she said. Listen to this, Tanner. Listen to this. Listen to this fucking passage. What does Dawn think about going to Europe this summer? Stacy asked me as we ran downstairs. Dong? I think it's Dawn. Dawn. Okay. Dawn. I haven't told her yet, I confessed. They're bringing Dawn back from California. Oh, okay. Like the genuine song? Yeah. (laughs) I thought you were referencing the genuine song. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I haven't told her yet. I confess. You haven't? Claudia was amazed. Don't you phone each other all the time? At least once a week, I answered. And we write a lot. We've both been really busy with finals. And lately, we've mostly just talked about Gracie. Dawn's kind of upset that she has to leave Gracie so soon. Who 
the fuck is Gracie? Jack, we remember Gracie. When? Who? How? From when we read the super special about Don's dad and Carol having a baby called Gracie. Amazing Gracie. I assume. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the time that we read that super special and recorded I mean, an entire episode about Don's dad and Carol having a baby called Gracie, I assume? I remember all the times that we read all the super specials and talk about them and record episodes and release them in our feed. Uh-huh. And so and I must, therefore, remember that time. The hit one with Gracie. Oh, yeah. I'm calling it Amazing Gracie. <laughs> yeah. Dong and Amazing Gracie. <laughs> Well, that's that mystery, but th- I don't. I feel like that's unreasonable to just like throw in a character from a fucking super special, and also I assume also Marianne. And this is we're gonna get back to Diane Mollison. We're not finished with you, Diane Mollison. No. But Marianne, I've got a few words for you. You don't we like you did this last time. Dawn came to visit. You don't book someone who's coming to visit you on a trip to Europe or Hawaii or wherever. Without fucking running it by them. Right. Yeah, I don't know why they have so so much trouble with Don's schedule. And this is like, this isn't even like, oh, they didn't have fucking iPhones back then. Like, you're talking all the time, but it's like, you're so busy talking about Gracie, you literally didn't have a second to mention that, like, there's a trip to Europe and you're planning on taking Don to it. Yeah. Hey, by the way, the second you show up, we're turning around going to fucking England and France. Yeah, and Don is like... Uh, actually, I came to visit Stony Brook because my literal mother lives here, and I don't see her that often, so yeah. no. And Marianne's like, what the fuck? Well, Marianne didn't have an issue with it. It was really Christy who was the... the Christy was on fire. On week. fire this week. On fire. Oh, Jesus. So much to unpack. I want... I just... Now, like, I'm looking here. There was both a, a Gordon Brown, former prime minister of England, mm-hmm. and a... Disraeli? Dis- Tony uh, yeah, Blair? Uh, yeah. Uh, there's also Tony Blair... Yeah. In uh, Stony Brook this week. Uh, Neville so. Chamberlain in this one? It's weird that Tony Blair's in it, huh? Yeah. No, I just fucking... Barbara. Barbara Gordon. Oh, shit. What? Barbara Gordon, Jack. Barbara Gordon is in yeah. this book. Okay. Yeah. Is she a Green Lantern or something? Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Oh, of course. Paralyzed by the Joker. Yep, yep. Became in the, the joke. super heroine, the Oracle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Barbara Gordon, Jack. Barbara Gordon. I'm familiar with The Killing Joke. And former Prime Minister Gordon Brown. Wow. What a cast of characters. What does Barbara Gordon get up to this week? Walks with Marianne to her locker. Yeah, but Diane was like, gotta catch them all. <laughs> Don's father and Carol just had a like, baby. She just a like, girl named Elizabeth Grace. Grace Diane, Diane Mollison somehow like got into the Leviathan's library. When he was like, when he was away on one of his fucking mysterious missions. Yeah. Just like ingested an entire book of names. And it's just like sitting there maniacally scribbling. I feel like there's a code here. I feel like there's a code somewhere in these names. These are all mostly new names. Or Diane's or, trying to tell us something. You're or often very new names, names we have not heard a lot of. characters. We've definitely had Barbara Gordon. Before, I think she showed up in uh, The Memory Garden, but like for just a second. Like she's it's the same thing. She's just mentioned briefly. Maybe yeah. she's a friend of uh, Amelia Freeman's. But like, wh- why Diane was like, I got to put her in the book, but I got to put Jack, her in the book Jack, just Jack. to like have her name in it. She's not going to do anything. D- compelling story, right? We both liked it. Yeah. Interesting deep story. catalog. Yeah. Someone was clearly digging deep into the, the character Bible, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ghostwriter, we haven't heard from in a while. Retired for the rest of the main canon series. They just brought her in for this. Who's one. who's? No, no, no. There is a ghostwriter oh, who's who's retired. Sweet Peter Laurentius. And they just brought in this Upstart. this one-off ghost ghostwriter who apparently has access to all of Sweet Pete's character bibles. Right? Oh, I see. I see. And she's digging in deep. Like she's got access no one's ever had before. Yeah. She's yeah. digging up characters we haven't heard from in dozens of books. Yeah. And where's Pete through all this? Oh, I don't know. Have you ever seen Diane Mollison and Sweet Peter Laurentius in the same room at the same time? I don't know. Come no. to think of it, I'm not sure I have. I certainly haven't. Well, and she's also... So you think this is Pete? I'm not saying it's Pete. I'm not saying it's Pete. I'm just a little suspicious. I think it's good... To, I think it's healthy to be skeptical in these situations, you know? Yeah, well, what if she's just got her hands on Pete's character I'm Bible? I'm not saying it's she's Pete, giving away but I'm all not saying plots. it's not Pete. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, should we, th- should we run this one through the anagrams? Yeah. Diane Mollison. 
That always goes well. A uh, man named Pete. It's right there. <laughs> um, uh-oh. Computing. Uh-oh. Laminade loins. Laminade loins? That's nothing. Lemonade loins. Oh. Well, that's something. Yeah. Your face is just... Yeah, I can see you really scanning that page for something good. We've got a lot in here, and it's almost too much. Yeah. We've got low denial omens. Mm, okay. We've got mislead Noel. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why do we do this? Every time we fucking pull up Anagram Finder, it's always fruitless, and we keep doing it. It's. I know that it's in here. This is not a real person. Maybe it's a. Maybe it's a like a cryptogram. What do you call them? Cryptoquip. You know, in like newspapers where it's like it's a cipher. Yeah. So each of these these letters is is can be subbed out for a different letter. Seldom online. No, Pete's always true. online. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a, like a pretty robust Twitter. Diane? And he did that rap battle. Mollison. Jack, can I um, bring up an issue while you're thinking? Yeah, please. Let's talk about Richard Spear. Okay, fine. I want to, but I want to describe the book first. Oh, gosh. Have we not done that yet? Yeah. I'm going to describe the book. I feel then like you're going to describe did. the book. Then we we're going to talk about Richard Spear. No, we didn't. And the longer you stall it, the longer it'll be before we can dig into Richard Spear. Because I want to talk kinda, about Richard Spear I as well. I kind of feel like we did, though. Okay, well, what about if we do it again in that case, just for good measure? And do then we, we need can talk to do it twice? I'll do it once, then you do it once. Then everyone will know what happened in this book, which we haven't talked about And I guess much. we'll just pick the best take? Yeah, sure. Okay. I also think we didn't do it. All right, so I'm going to describe what happens in this novel. And then I'm going to throw 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have handy. And then you're going to describe what happens in this novel. Can I ask for some amount of your attention while I describe the novel? Yeah, man, you got it. Thank you. All right, I'm going to begin now. Don't deliberately pull up. Your, just take, put your Switch down. It's, the, it's aggressive. It's aggressive that you're, you're putting your Nintendo Switch and pulling your headphones out. Okay, fine. I'm just going to read it. Marianne Spear, decorated veteran of the Spirit War. Heroic survivor of the family feud. A hard-nosed, down-scrabble street fighter who had a front seat to the horrible prank and a starring role in the disaster of the century, the baby parade. Marianne Spear, the unsung hero of the sister war, has always fought for the underdog, for the bullied and the broken, the ignored and the forgotten. And when a territory dispute between a powerful group of rivals she once called friends turns into something worse... You can bet that Marianne isn't going to run away from the fight. Not when it's a fight for her very livelihood. Marianne and the playground fight. Sounds like you really uh, chewed the scenery with that one, Jack. Uh, you weren't. I, you, I literally was watching you out of the corner of my eye, and you paid no attention to what I was saying or doing. You had your headphones out, so, no, so I, I don't know what it. this chewed the scenery thing is. But I heard it. I heard most of it. No. I, I'm going to yeah. put these. Okay. You, I would put, said the, you said the thing about Marianne Spear. Yeah, yeah, I was doing a voice. Yeah, Marianne and the Playground War. Yeah, I get in the right headspace to describe this book because the Baby Nation needs you to tell them every single fucking thing that happened in it. Well, I'm right in the middle of a match. Just turn your, put the switch down. Nobody likes it when you play video games while we're recording. There, you have like I know from the Facebook Fine. group that there are people who enable you. Oh, I like it when he sings. There's fucking nobody who likes it when you do mouth noises, and there's nobody who likes it when you fucking play video games while we're trying to. There's one talk person about the book who likes who, both those things. You, me, great. Well, it's not a podcast for you. I'm gonna put 60 seconds on this big bad clock that I happen to have handy. And during those 60 seconds, I would like for you to describe every single thing that happens in this book, and then we're gonna talk about Mr. Spear. Are you ready? Yes. I'm gonna begin now. Marianne is struggling. Her friend, Vic Kent, is leaving America to go back to merry old England, chap, um, at the end of the summer. And she's very bummed about that. And so is Marianne. They want to spend as much time together as possible before she leaves. They want to throw a big party for her. So Marianne works on that. Meanwhile... There's a school trip being planned to merry old England and Paris during the summer at summer break. Meanwhile, there is a fun kids camp being planned 
where all the kids go to summer camp and all the babysitters start fighting with one another about who's going to be going to England and who's going to be working at the camp. They all get very competitive about the limited spots for both things. Um, it turns out half the group goes to England and half stays home at the, working at the camp and uh, they all make up. And time. They all make up in this weird like, like epilogue chapter. Yeah, it's it's very brief. The chapter fifteen was only a few pages, and it was just about them all making up. And it, like, it feels like there's got to be something that's going on beyond what's happening in the text. Like, what do you what do you call it in in storytelling? Joseph Campbell would know this when everything is kind of like saved by a plot point at the end. A Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, because th- like half the group who wanted to go to Europe does not get the summer camp babysitting jobs because right. they're going to Europe. Right. Half the group who did not want to go to Europe does get the babysitting job because they did not want to go to Europe. It's a strange fucking thing to hang an entire story on. Like, you're brought in to the greatest, like, most epic fantasy cycle ever written since fucking Wheel of Time. Whoa. 120 books deep. Yeah. Like on the home stretch and they're like, "All right, Diane, like we're calling you up. Pete's Pete's like got a bad ankle. We need you to we need you to come out and fucking finish this thing off for us." And right. Diane is like, "Okay, that's great because I've been I've been sitting here reading all these books and I've been sitting on an idea. What if No, this what is if, what Actually, if what you girls, just said, it's like the plot of Juana Man. Do you remember that movie Juana Man? Is that the same as um bringing Dong back? Sort of. Juana Man was a movie about a male basketball player who gets benched because of, I think, an injury. But an injury isn't bad enough, so he can still play in the WNBA. So he starts dressing like a woman so that he can play in the WNBA. Okay. Uh, I think that's kind of what's going on here. Pete had an injury. He was out. And Don's like, we need a ghostwriter. And Pete's like, <laughs> wait a second. And he like throws on a dress and like stuffs his bra and he's like, "Hello, my name is Diane Mollison." Okay, and he's like, "I'm here, here to babysit my children. I mean, your children." <laughs> that sounds like hello. A, it sounds like a movie that wouldn't get made in a more progressive time. No, I mean, yeah, I I kind of mash it up with Mrs. Doubtfire right at the end there, but there's they really they really just did all of those huh they're like yeah. it's mrs doubtfire but for basketball yeah <laughs> yeah kind of somebody was like what about mrs doubtfire but basketball but basketball um, and someone's like yeah here's my green light well and fucking diane comes in and she's like all right and hear me out what if they all want a summer job but some of them also have to be in europe yeah for some of the time and it really and Anne came to Diane slash Pete and was like, I need a conflict that lasts exactly 14 chapters of one book. Yeah. And Diane's like, uh, <laughs> they all want this babysitting job, but half of them have to go to Europe and half don't. It's, it, it's fucking bananas. And it's like, I don't understand why they're so upset about it. But like, why is Christy so upset? Like, there are only like five spots and all seven, ba- all nine babysitters apply. Beauty and swiftness, often depicted as the huntress. Name meaning Peter Stone. Hmm, that's nothing. Okay. That's from the Latin Petra. On this rock, that's why when Jesus says on this rock, I will build my church. It's also, there's a joke in there because rock is, in Latin, is is similar to the word Peter. It's like a boner joke. No, it's not a (laughs) boner joke. Rock hard Peter. Am I right? (laughs) No, not (laughs) That's a that's very good Bible. <laughs> yeah, it's a boner joke. <laughs> I thought maybe there was some uh, resonance between the name Peter and the name Diane. Nah, but there's not. just ask. In me. fact, they're opposites. Yeah, one is about a rock, and one is about beauty and swiftness. Yeah, there we go. I'm more interested in finding out who this fucking person. Maybe it's Pete. If it's Pete, then fucking Pete, you did a good like you. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a Joanna man situation. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's not pete then why is there no fucking trace of this person online yeah yeah pete come clean bud yeah just admit you know what happens at the end of juana man pete what i'm i've never actually seen the film but it's hopefully think, kicked out of the nba and- i think he gets called out yeah <laughs> i think someone discovers much like the bible 
that there is a really fun hidden boner there. Okay, good. I'm glad that's what you got from that conversation. Um, well, let's talk about Mr. Fucking Spear, man. Yeah, Mr. Spear. Let Woo! me read a passage to you. Yeah, I know what passage you're going to read. I'm excited to hear it. <clears throat> it was intriguing to me. Yeah. Further proof that opposites attract. Dad and Sharon could not be more different. My dad, Mr. Neat and Organized, is a lawyer. He alphabetizes the spices in our kitchen cabinet. He arranges his socks by color. And he always reads the newspaper in the same order. The business section first. Then the international news, national news, and finally, local news. Okay. I, I want to know, I'm intrigued by, by Richard Spears' worldview. Oh yeah, no. This he is doesn't care. He doesn't care about what's going on in Stony Brook. He doesn't care what's going on in Connecticut. He doesn't care what's going on in America. Right. He's looking broader. He's looking big picture. He's got international interests, and He's... I want to know what those international interests are. Yeah. Well, did you catch this fucking passage? That's also about Mr. Spear. I was too little to remember Nebraska now, but I do know that for most of my life, my dad was rather strict with me. Christie used to call him. The king of rules. King of rules. The king of rules. So we've got this character, and I, I know that he's been called the king of rules before. For It was first mentioned in the novel Marianne to the Rescue, book yeah. number 112. And I can't remember yeah. whether we discussed it at the time, but I remember seeing it before. But so we've got this king of rules mm-hmm. who doesn't give a shit about... Anything except the big fucking picture. The big picture. The big picture. He's got international interests. I want to know what's happening all around the world. And we know that the one time he traveled away from Stony Brook, I can't remember what book it was. Yeah. But he went to like a convention. Yeah. And when he came back, his his story and his timetable were a mess. Oh, yeah. He could not keep his story straight. He was like, oh, I was at a convention center, or maybe like a hotel, or maybe like Des Moines, or maybe Rapid City. I can't quite remember. Right. Or maybe I was fucking making a deal with the devil with Anne. Or maybe like I am uh, off the books, hired assassin, working for the CIA, Jason Bourne, my wife drowned in a river... I'm keeping my daughter safe. I had to fake my own daughter's death so that rogue agents wouldn't come after her. And now she's living a quiet life in Stony Brook. But I still like to go out with my friends, Simon Pegg and Ving Rhames every now and then and hang off the side of a building. Mission and Do Impossible. fun things with masks. Mm-hmm. Mission Impossible 4. 4, 5, and, and soon 6. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. fucking Spear, man. The king of Maybe. rules. Maybe. King so he, of rules. What is he? He reads business first. Business first? Yeah. Okay, so you're thinking it's a John Grisham kind of thing. Yeah, so he's like, what's going on? What's going on with business? The, I think the business, you know what I think it is? I think what? the business is a is a feint. Oh, then just to, he's to like, throw in case anyone trail. is watching. Oh, I'm a businessman reading the business section. Yeah. Then as soon as people are like, move away, he's like, all right, throw that shit out. Let's see what's going on in the yeah. world. Yeah, exactly. Someone's got like a someone's got a sniper scope trained on him, <laughs> and he pops up the business, and this guy's like, "Well, must be the wrong guy." Yeah, he's just interested in business. Well, and we know that he's not just interested in business, Tanner, because check this out. Check out this passage. Hello, girls. Sharon said when we walked Hello. in the kitchen. Dad was fishing his car keys out of his pocket. Sharon was opening the door to the refrigerator. <laughs> It's not all business in the Spear Porter household. They walked in right as they were about to get going. <laughs> Caught in the she's act. like she like she like waggles his butt at him. She's like, I'm opening the fridge, and he's like, Ooh, I've got my car, my keys. car keys right here. They were, wouldn't they it were... be? Hey, wouldn't it be sexy if they went missing in the refrigerator? <laughs> and were... then Marianne walks in. and He's like, "Oh, uh, uh, I'll be going now." <laughs> oh, hello, girls. They were role playing commuting to work, <laughs> but like a commuting to work. But the car keys end up in the fridge. Ooh. <laughs> Gonna I'm be naughty. late for work. Oh, uh, hello, girls. <laughs> She, he, Mr. Spears going to show up to the office and they're going to be like, like uh, he's going to like bring out his wallet to pay for lunch, but in, instead of his wallet, it's like an egg from the egg drawer. 
Oh, how did this get here? That means my wallet must be in the fridge. <laughs> uh, Richard, uh, I hate to I hate to bring this up, but are you erect right now? <laughs> oh, bring Jackie. a dog back. Here's what we've done this episode. Yeah, not talk describe about the, book. the book. Yeah, and now it's half over, and we have to take a break. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's make a commitment to one another right now, Jack. Yeah, okay. Look me in the eyes. I'm looking. When we come back from this break, yeah. Swear to me. I swear to you that we're gonna discuss this book. Okay, fine. It's a weird book. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you bye. say goodbye. I did. Tanner, you vowed. Yeah. Before we went to get a beer. Swear to me. They swear this to me. We fucking made a blood pact. What? Why do we fall, Master Bruce? Why do we fall? So we can get up again. <laughs> is that your? Is that your Michael Caine? Blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> you sound like Smeagol. <laughs> Why do we fall, Mister Bruce? <laughs> Why do we fall, precious? <laughs> Why is your door opening on its own? It's freaking me out. Okay. Tanner, we must talk about this novel. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got, I've got a lot to cover. That Diane has given us. Okay. Here's a question. Here's a question for you, Tanner, while we're talking about Diane. Why does Stony Brook have a lighthouse now? Yeah. Hey, can we talk about this fucking lighthouse? What the fuck? There's a fucking lighthouse. In Stony Brook now? Suddenly there's a lighthouse in Stony Brook. Suddenly and I know- Diane, it puts a fucking lighthouse? We, we have not. I would have noticed a fucking lighthouse. I don't know. This Baby Nation, maybe you're thinking, this doesn't seem momentous. There's a lighthouse in Stony Brook, so what? There's never been a fucking lighthouse. We would have noticed. Listen to this passage. It stood out to both of us. We both wrote this down. I think Stony Brook has one of the prettiest lighthouses I've ever seen. Logan thinks it looks like a giant barber pole because it's painted in red and white stripes. The lighthouse is on the edge of town, not far from school on the Long Island Sound. I love sitting at the picnic tables by the lighthouse, breathing in the salty air and watching the waves lap against the rocks while seagulls fly overhead. That, Marianne, is news to me because I've never heard you talk about it before. Jack? Yes? I have... I don't know how to say it. Okay. I have troubling news. Okay. That affects me, certainly me personally, and I think probably both of us personally. Okay. Is I read about this lighthouse in this book as you did. I captured the exact same note you did. Mm Mm-hmm. And before we recorded tonight, you were late, as always, mm-hmm. and Good. I looked around my office here that I record in mm-hmm. at, honestly, Jack, honestly, every single book I have in this office. Mm-hmm. Do you recall last Secret Santa, Baby, Baby Nation Secret Santa? I certainly do. It was one of the greatest joys of my entire life. Do you recall what I got as a Secret Santa gift? The collected poems of T.S. Eliot. Nope. That was the Secret Santa before last. You gave me that. Thank You're welcome. Someone in Baby Nation gave me a compendium, an encyclopedia, an almanac. Uh-huh. By the fucking Leviathan. By David Leviathan. Forbidden. Forbidden. Yeah. They gave it to me. It was all the information you need to know about the Babysitter's Club and Stony Brook, Connecticut. And included in this book was a map of Stony Brook, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. I thought to go reference that map, Jack, tonight before we started recording because I knew this. See if you pick out this fucking lighthouse. I knew this lighthouse would come up. And, Jack, here's the troubling part. Tell me. I looked at my bookshelf as I'm looking at it now. Mm Mm-hmm. And the book's gone. What what do you mean the book's gone? The book is no longer in my possession. I no longer possess the book. So what the fuck happened? I don't know. Somebody took your book. I live in a pretty small apartment, Jack. It's f- it's two bedrooms. The the and one of the bedrooms s- is my wife's office, and my wife's office is full of bookshelves, full of books, because my okay. wife is a is a bibliophile. A, well, a bibliophile, and she writes about books for a living. Okay, and a bibliosscript as well. A, bizlios, a biblioscribe. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. So we have we have an entire wall of bookshelves right next to me here. Mm-hmm. And on the bookshelves is hundreds of books. Mm-hmm. 
And not one single one of them is the Babysitter's Club encyclopedia that I got for Secret Santa. So somebody, so here, let's let's walk through this. Diane Mollison, out of nowhere. in, In conjunction with, oh yeah, go ahead. Out of nowhere, Diane Mollison decides that she's got something she wants to say, and she wants to say it in the Great Sitter Cycle. She sneaks her way through the fucking security at Scholastic, and somehow, while Anne and Pete and the entity and the fucking Scholastic lawyers are looking the other way, she gets a whole Babysitter's Club book out right under their fucking noses, out into the world. And And the substance of that book... Not much. The girls have a fight, a fight that could have easily been avoided about who's going to Europe and who's taking the job. Yeah. But she does do one thing. She does, she does do, do one, one thing. thing. And it's, she introduces a landmark. She introduces a lighthouse. And you know what a lighthouse does, Tanner? Uh, Jack, what? it lights the way. It lights the way for travelers. Travelers who are looking, as you and I have been, for Stony Brook. So you you think we just got too close? We got too close. We started to find all these doors. Oh shit, you're right. I went to Altjesnit. You're within a fifty miles of Altjesnit. I and then I went to the one here in New York. The door. You found a door, and then someone called Diane shows up, and she's like. I've got a lighthouse to light your way. You're so close. And then they shut her down because it's the last fucking book she ever wrote. I'm still, I'm just looking around my room right now and it's just nowhere. And they took your book. I, it's like it's never existed. It's like it's never existed. That is, And it's troubling, Jack. It's troubling on so many levels because they're trying to remove this knowledge from us. They've clearly been in my home. Yeah. Diane and the Leviathan. They certainly have. And now I'm starting to ask, did I read this book close enough? Is there anything else that fucking Diane put in there? Because I didn't know this was Diane until I got to the end. I was like, I don't recognize this voice. Is there anything else that she put in this fucking book to try to tell me something? (sighs) (laughs) I see you baiting me, man. I see you baiting me. (laughs) You know there is. You know there is. I know you read it. I know you saw it. I I saw the lighthouse. I saw a couple of pretty good burns. Can I read you a passage? Sure. <clears throat> I saw the king of rules. Claudia disappeared under her bed and emerged with a cellophane bag of cheese doodles. Food we can eat, she announced as she passed the bag to Mallory. I should set up that Mallory and Jesse brought a bunch of health food to the Babysitter's Club meeting. Because they care about there. Dawn. Yeah. Sorry, they care about Dong? Another <laughs> genuine song? <laughs> that's, a nut, that's the sequel. Yeah. Who cares care about, about Dong? dong. <laughs> uh, food we can eat, she announced as she passed around the bag to Mallory. Mallory laughed. I prefer Dawn's food, Abby announced as she dipped a carrot stick in hummus. See? <clears throat> Let me reread that. Okay. See? Whoa. Said Dawn. Waving a piece of pita bread in the air. The rest of you just don't know what you're missing. Wow. See. See. See, Don commanded. Use your fucking eyes. You don't know what you're missing, baby well, nation. Well, well. As Don turns to face the fucking camera. Yeah. <laughs> like Deadpool. Like Deadpool. See? You don't mm. know what you're missing. It's she's not questioning. At it's not bread. questioning. It's not questioning. I feel no. like you had a oh, yeah. hint of question in yeah. your voice. Oh, there, no, no, but no. it's 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 not C. It's an imperative. It's, it's C. C. Look, open your eyes. Open your fucking eyes. Open your third eye. Yes. Don't and just look. See. Don't just look. She's not saying look, right? No, don't look. She's don't look. Looking is see. what's got us into trouble in the first place. Don't look. See. And understand. What you are missing. Look at me. Look at what I am doing. I am waving bread in your face and really see it, Jack. See it. This text. Yes. And every preceding 119 texts, Jack, Mm -hmm. are, and I don't know if you realize this before now. Right. Bread. Yes. It's, there's some bread in all of the texts. It's all bread. Some of the way down. We know that. Jack. Yes. 
What? Ooh, I hate to correct you. You know I hate to correct you. I'm with you. I'm saying that there's some bread here, and it goes at least some of the way down. Uh, it goes all the way down. What? 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 <sighs> C, said Don, waving a piece of bread in the air. What you're missing. You don't even know what you're missing. You don't even know. I don't. I didn't you even You got your know. fucking blinders on. Fucking hell. Well, is there anything else that you're able to reveal to us about bread theory, Tanner? I don't dare. Okay. I knew that was... (laughs) I don't fucking dare. (laughs) You kidding me? The Leviathan already knows where I am. Oh, wow. He's already come and removed sacred text from this house. Oh, yeah. You could go and look up bread in knowledge. Did you even think to look up bread in there? I didn't. It's too late now. Baby Nation, you can buy a bread theory (laughs) t-shirt. If you go to bit.ly slash BSCC merch right now. And if you don't, if you don't, you don't even know what you're fucking missing. And we can't, sheeple, we can't even, we can set the alarm clock for you, but we can't make you wake up. Fucking wake up, sheeple. Fight the power. Fight the power. Buy a official BSCC bread theory shirt. (laughs) Oh, man. For once in your life, stop looking and start seeing. Tanner, uh, what's in the next room behind you and next behind that door? <laughs> what Tanner, is? I'm asking you, is your Xbox? Where do you keep your Xbox? Now, you've already fucked up. <laughs> no, we I want to know. script for this. I want to know. Am where I you... Christian or am I Anastasia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to do it by the book, Mr. <laughs> fucking King of Rules? Hey, Tanner. The the thing that you're interested in, yeah, yeah. You know how you know how you were wondering uh, a merch. What do you where, mean? Hey, Tanner. Okay, are you doing a segue? Yes, I want. I need to get. I need to get into it. Hey, Tanner. Remember how you were asking me where it is? Yes. It, maybe. Did you say baby? May, maybe. Okay. Well, guess what? It's just behind the store. I came with a new pet name for you today. What was it? Big bad beetle boy. <laughs> Why? I like it a lot. It's it's intimidating. <laughs> I don't I think you were probably too old for this, but in the mid 90s there was a Power Rangers ripoff on Fox Kids called Big Bad Beetleborgs. Big Bad Beetleborgs? <laughs> yeah. And that sounds it, fucking great. Whoever edited edited this episode just played you a really choice segment from the theme song where it went Big Bad Beetleborgs. Oh, that makes you think of me. Yeah, and then today when I had to slack you about whether or not we were going to record tonight, I called you Big Bad Beetle Boy. Uh, did I not even react? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> you like, never yeah, react to my pet names. <laughs> Jack. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just, just behind the store. Ask me where something is. Oh, okay. Wait. I'll ask you where something is. <laughs> I just gave you the fucking no, most because, seamless segue in the world, and you and you're no, like, you wouldn't dude, say, dude, I'm gonna come no, in and stop no, all of no, your segue. No, you're wrong. Because you wouldn't just say that out of context, Jack. Um, hey, just find this door, Tanner. Um, I, I was, I've been wondering. Yeah. <laughs> um, where do you keep like your Xbox and stuff? What is? No, say it's just, just behind this door. door. Let's try again. Hey, Tanner. Um, what systems do you have? Because I have I an only Xbox have the Wii and a PS4 U and a Switch. oh PS4. What do you, what's your fave? I guess I play a lot of Overwatch on Xbox. No uh, PS4. Sorry, <laughs> um, but you have an Xbox. You have a 360. No. What? Which kind? An Xbox One. Xbox One is that better or worse than the 360? It's an old better. One. Better. No, it's, it's the newer, newer one. one. Oh, cool. Do you have like stuff also as well as the Xbox? Like other systems, PS4 and stuff? Are you asking if, Jack? No, I just want to know where you keep are you it. Asking, are you asking if I have drugs? <laughs> no, I, no, no, I just, I'm honestly, it's the video games I'm interested in. Because I don't, like, I'm, like, kind of a noob. Yeah. And so, like, I have the Wii U, and I play, like, Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and the Mario games on it. Oh, that's but fun. I, I don't have, like, an Xbox. Uh, you, are you playing the new Mario Tennis? Oh, no. Do they have it for Wii U? I don't think so, because that's like a last-gen system. Oh, man. I wish I had an Xbox and stuff. Where Out of interest, actually, Tanner? Yeah. Where is it? Uh, I guess if I had to say it, I would say it's just, just behind this door. What is? 
my playroom. Like, Thank your you Xbox and stuff? Jack? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's important that you know you can leave at any time. time. Why? What's in there? I meant what I said. The helicopter's on standby, standby to take you wherever you want to go. Tanner just opened the door. Creek? Maybe it's Alan's weird playroom. It's a segment. It's called Mr. Gray Will See You Now. And it's where we talk about what Alan Gray was up to this week. And Jack, Alan Gray was up to some shit. We have a lot of shit. challenging segues on this show. <laughs> challenging for you and I to do and challenging for the Baby Nation to hear. <laughs> and I think the segue we do into Mr. Gray Will See You Now is perhaps the most challenging <laughs> in every regard. I think we got there, though. Yeah, you feel yeah. you feel good. You felt good about that. I feel great about it. Okay, I've got so much that Alan Gray was up to this week, Tanner. So I'm just gonna okay. Listen to this one. This is normally when Alan Gray is introduced. They take Alan Gray and he does some dumb shit, and then we all laugh at the dumb shit that Alan Gray did. That happens a few times in this book, but the first introduction of Alan Gray, Diane flips that on its head because alan gray does some smart shit and everybody else is dumb you're dumb i'm pointing at you you're dumb me yes for how you interpreted this miss belcher is dumb fucking marianne is dumb listen to this yeah on the final miss belcher was saying i would like you to be able to define some of the major poetic forms such as the sonnet and the villanelle who's the villain shouted alan gray Miss Belcher and the rest of my class ignored Alan. That's sometimes the best way to deal with him. He's our class pest who thinks everything he says is hilarious, even though it's usually not. Well. But you insist that you think this is hilarious. Open your fucking eyes and see. Stop looking and see, Tanner and Mrs. Belcher. Don't take that. Don't, don't diminish bread theory. <laughs> I'm not. Listen to this. Villain. Noun. Base or low-born rustic from the Anglo-French and Old French vilain, peasant, farmer, commoner, churl, yokel, via the medieval Latin, villainous, meaning farmhand, from Latin via, a country house or farm. Villanelle, Tanner, a poetic form of five three-line stanzas in the final quatrain. Everyone knows that with only times... Two, Five tercets w- and a quatrain, obviously. And with first and third lines of the opening tercet. Yeah, everybody knows alternately. Everybody the knows the form of, of villanelle, but why is it called every other tercet and with both repeating the close of the close tenor? Close everybody knows the form of a villanelle, but why is it called a villanelle? It comes from the Italian villanella, meaning a ballad or a rural song. From the feminine of villanello, rustic. From the medieval Latin, villainous, meaning farmhand. They have the same fucking root. They both come from a root that means rustic or pastoral. And that's why you get the poem on the one hand and you get the villain, the evil person on the other hand. Alan Gray is making an incredibly sophisticated point and everybody just fucking dismisses him. Hey, Jack. Jack. Yes. A line later. Yes. I also expect you to give me an example of alliteration and assonance, Mrs. Belcher continued. Yes. Crickets. Oh, a- Alan misses. Alan's nowhere on assonance. No, because he's like, he's Alan like just deep lets in- assonance go. <laughs> it's deep in etymology. That's why. He's like fucking dumbfounded. She said ass, Jack. <laughs> I know she did. Are you kidding me? Oh, well, <laughs> you know, probably fucking picked up on that was Raj. You you say Raj as though he's like an an Indian no it's man Raj named Raj <laughs> it's but it's Raj. short for Roger yeah um, I'm trying to find the passage with him Raj 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 Somerset well we yeah. get to see the okay this Good is name. later on very very strong name Raj Somerset here's all we learned about Raj Somerset. I don't know, even know what the, the context is. He says, well, we get to see the dweebs with the furry helmets. <laughs> He's talking about your people. Oh, because they're talking about going to England. Yeah. Asked Raj Somerset. Raj is a good friend of Alan Gray, says Marianne. Need I say more? Yes, right. Marianne, because who the fuck is Raj Somerset? It's the first we've heard of him. Yeah, He's he got an amazing say anything name. about Italian roots. He's a friend of Alan Gray. Word roots. Alan Gray got up to some other crazy shit this week. Oh, fuck. He got in so much trouble, man. Oh, he did because he was... 
spitballing. Uh, oh my god, Alan Gray, Baby Nation, Alan Gray this week, spitball the fucking teacher. He's trying to spitball uh, Barbara Hirsch. Barbara Hirsch. Barbara Gordon. No, it's Barbara Hirsch. Is there two Barbaras? Yeah. Diana's just like, Diana's like, this is my one <laughs> shot. I got one shot, Mom spaghetti. <laughs> Diana, um, I get it. You're nervous. Diane, you're doing sloppy work. But but uh, Alan tries to do a spitball on Barbara Hirsch. Uh-huh. She ducks. Spitball lands on Miss Belcher. Straight to the fucking principal's office. But then he still gets fucking hired to be a babysitter at this goddamn summer retreat. Yeah, and he's fucking awesome at it. Marianne overhears him telling the interviewer about how much CPR he knows and that he has tons of babysitting experience. Alan's punishment for spitball on teacher, writing a thousand-word essay titled How to Behave. I bet Mr. Gray <laughs> probably you tied, ri- written you one of it all those. back, huh? Yeah. I bet he's written one of those. What's behind this door? Your Xbox and st- your Xbox and stuff? No, it's my one thousand word essay entitled "How to Behave." It's the one thousand word essay I make all of my my boys it's write called, for me. It's called "How to Behave," and you know what you do? You put your car keys in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that's how you behave, Tanner. Jackie. Yeah, my sweet boy. What is it? Bully, bully beetle. My big bad beetle boy. Yep. Tell me. Big Bad Beetle Boy. Okay. And then I think the whole thing about the Big Bad Beetle Borgs is it's... So there are three children who Mm -hmm. discover this haunted Mm -hmm. house and they free a ghost from a haunted organ and the ghost gives them the power of the Beetle Borgs and somehow it's tied to other like heroes of horror such as the mummy and frankenstein and dracula a lot like these novels they're they they're friends with the beetleborgs okay you're losing and in the intro there's one really good part where they're singing big bad beetleborgs and every time they finish that refrain Mm -hmm. one of the monsters pops into the screen and goes beetleborgs and that happens and Mm -hmm. god bless whoever's editing this episode because they're about to insert it right now God, I hope it's you. I hope it's you. I hope it's you. And it's just, it's so choice, and it's so good. Okay. And I love it so much. Okay. And Big Bad Beetleborgs, Jackie. (gasps) Burn the wig! Did I have a bird of the week, Tanner? You bet I did, because Diane has one shot. Mom Spaghetti. Diane put a bunch of burns in this, because it was her one fucking chance. I just want to find the best burn. George, the fucking chauffeur, shows up. He has a pretty good burn. Oh, I fucking love George. George is good. Should we we do do George's burn? Is, Is George's burn on Americans? It's on Americans, yeah. It's on like okay, American so here's tourists. The thing, is my burn is also on Americans who don't understand British culture. Okay. British aristocratic culture. Okay. So this is this is pretty good. So we haven't talked about it much, but Victoria Kent is basically the B plot, the the little princess, which is bananas. That fucking I love I love Marianne the little princess. It's like it's standing out to me as like a a favorite as time goes on, just because it hits. It, it's like my favorite kind of. Babysitter's Club book, which is external baby problem that the babysitters have to work together to solve. But it's like turned up to 11 because it's like, what Pete was just like, what if she's a princess? (laughs) Yeah. But it's bananas to me that Diane comes in. She's like, for my B plot, I want Victoria Kent back. Yeah. But so she's a B plot. Basically, she's trying to go to, uh, she's going, they're moving back to England. And she needs to ingest as much American culture as she can before. And she, she like, they have this fucking great scene, which is like Diane's tour de force is actually her best scene in the book where they, like, they have a barbecue. Yeah. Because, well, and that's Victoria's like, I want to have an American barbecue. And, like, Miss Rutherford is like, oh, cripes, criminy. Let's let's not shoot my wad, Jack. You focus on your wad. Okay. Your wad is George. Fine. So, Victoria Kent is an amazing pull. From Diane, because she is a crazy babysitter. But her her thing is that she's going back to the UK, and she's 
sad that she's leaving and Dawn and Marianne have to try to mollify her. But they, at some point, they get in a fucking limo to go to the mall and the following thing happens. I just love this fountain. Victoria, actually, that's kind of an older woman's British voice. A younger, younger Americanized girl. Was she, wait, she's like, do you think she has an American accent now? No, I think she has a 78% British accent. So she's British, but she's trying to do an American accent, but she's failing. But very, very faint American. But she's a young girl. Yeah. Okay. Oh, hello. Hello. I'm just trying to get into it. Uh, I know. Hello. I know your process. Okay. I'm I'm a young girl. I'm but I, It's good. It's like doc it's like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch when he plays I've, Doctor Strange. I've got a I've got a British Hello, accent. My, my name is Doctor Strange. But I'm trying to do an American accent. I just love I this hit fountain. my R's really hard. I just I just love this fountain. Victoria no, said it's too southern. Too much. She's in Connecticut. It's still I just love this fountain. Victoria That's said That's as she good. stepped out of the limo and gazed at the marble fountain in the center of the mall. It was shooting a spray of pink water high into the air. Weird. People outside the mall. Yeah, weird. <laughs> Diane was like, all right, I've got the lighthouse. Do you think they'll let me put a fucking crazy fountain as well? <laughs> well, let's see. Might as well try, right? <laughs> People outside the mall stopped to watch us get out of the limo. Who is she? Someone asked George as Victoria stepped forward. Sleeping Beauty, George answered with a straight He's face. He's American. Wait, is he? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. He's not Southern. He's in Connecticut. <laughs> he could be. How do you? Okay, he's Connecticut. How do we do a Connecticut accent? You don't know where he originally came from in the U.S.? Do a Boston accent. Sleep. I can't do sleeping. I can't do Boston unless he talks about cars and parking. <laughs> Sleep, Sleeping Beauty. I've just parked. I've just parked the car. Sleeping, sleeping Beauty. Beauty. No, I can't. That's Australian now. Just like, let me just do it. <laughs> I'm just gonna do a regular American. He's just a regular American man. Okay. Sleeping Beauty. George answered with his. Actually, that's not how he I would has say to it. be a little sassier. You can do you can do a okay. um, regular American, but he has to be a little bit more like biting. Okay, let me get, let me walk back. Who is she? Does this person have? An, who is this? This is just a bystander. They can be from anywhere, right? No, make them from <laughs> make them from Louisiana. I can't. I don't from the Bayou. <laughs> I don't. Know. I don't have that. I could do Scotland. No, that doesn't work. Valley Girl. <laughs> She's just saying who is she It's like one read Who is she Okay there we go Alright I like that People outside the mall Stop to watch us get out of the limo Who is she Good Someone asked George As Victoria stepped forward Sleeping beauty George answered with a straight face She's just woken up from her 100 year nap now, Isn't what is that right Brooklyn? Vic I don't know where he's from, and that's how he's uh, sleeping beauty. Oh, it's sleeping beauty. She's just woken up from her hundred year nap. Isn't that right, Vic? Good, right? Yeah. Burn of the week, George. Burn of the week. We we did a lot of lot of character work there. A lot of character work there. A lot of those characters. I think, I think very short you lines. agree with us that that was uh, worth it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely worth it. As Jack alluded to earlier, there was a party. They had a barbecue at the Kent's house. The mm-hmm. Kent's being Brits, mm-hmm. posh Brits, didn't understand what a barbecue meant in America. And they got a bunch of like finger cakes and British nonsense. Mm-hmm. Sugar for your lemonade, miss? Asked the butler as he placed a bowl full of sugar cubes and a pair of silver tongs next to Abby. Uh, yes, Abby said. When the butler just stood there, she decided he was waiting for her to serve herself. It took her a while to get used to the tongs, but she managed it. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> the butler calmly complimented her. <laughs> Good. Good. Star turn from the butler. I like that this dude's just standing here. It's like some fucking like Long Island girl is like, spends like, like 10 like, minutes trying to figure trying out how to figure out tongs. Some, some, well done. Well done. <laughs> Good. Oh, okay. uh, Jack. Yeah. yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. Thank you. 
Baby Nation, thank you for bearing with us. Tanner, thank you for bearing with me, not just in this podcast, but also in our lives together. That's no problem, man. You know what? I value our friendship. Thank you. That's meaningful Immensely. to me. Immensely. Thank you. Baby Nation. Even though you you okay. literally never respond to my texts or slacks. Often. Often. I respond to 60% uh, of I your texts and friendship. slacks. Thank you. Which is a lot. Baby Nation. Please take a moment. Uh, I just say have, I have friends okay. who respond to 100% of my slacks. And slacks. Okay, but you probably don't send them quite so many slacks and texts. No, I send them more. Okay. I send you very few. Okay, well, what's that all about? Busy man. What's that all about then? I, I know you're a busy man. Oh, I could have appreciated fucking text every now and then. Well, I try to text you and you never respond. We live respond, in different so. cities. We don't get to catch up that often. Well, so. I text you every all, all the time and you never respond. So. Okay, well, I'm telling you that I respond to 65% of your texts. So if you text me more, you get more responses. Baby Nation, please take a moment to rate and review our show on iTunes if you haven't already. It only takes a moment and it means the world to us. Recommend the show to a friend. Tell them to start at episode one, probably. And if you haven't yet, Baby Nation, our merch has finally started to ship, and it's it's good. Honestly, it's beautiful. It it's, really is it's good. So good. The pins yeah. are maybe honestly no joke. I'm 34 years old. One of the things I'm most proudest of in my life. It's they're so fucking good. It's it. The pins they're beautiful. Look great. The shirts yeah. are stunning. They they came out so good. Bit.ly slash BSCC merch. Thank you to Baby B John at Vox and Devil on Twitter for designing the two shirts. They're so good. You just need to go and order them. Please do that. Baby Nation, this week we read a book that was called Marianne and the Playground Fight. We liked it, but it was weird. Next week we're going to be reading a book called Abby in Wonderland. Ooh. Yeah. Wonderland Ooh. is the name of a very cool hipster bar that I used to go to in D.C. and Columbia Heights uh, back in the early aughts. And no one cares. Uh, what okay. was the I, I what was, was cool. the Stacy book that was so fucked up? What was the most? Remember that really fucked up BSE book that we read? That was Stacy where she was in like a comatose dream. Oh, Stacy and the Secret of Stony Brook. I think maybe Abby and the, and. The secret. What was it? Abby in the Secret of Wonderland. St- then the next book is called Abby in Wonderland. I feel like maybe that's going to be the equivalent. You you th- feel like maybe Abby in Wonderland is going to be like equivalent Stacey's. to Stacy in the Secret of Stony Brook. I, I think I she think... died in that book. Yeah. So we'll see, Baby Nation. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. In the meantime. Baby Nation, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard from Lost. And party of five. And my name is Tanner Greenring this week. You hate it, don't you? I don't love it. <laughs> Tanner, let me read you this real quick passage before I... <laughs> How dare you, Jack? Take us out. It took Dawn and me a while to... Re- this is from the chapter two. It took Dawn and me a Dawn? while to realize... It's Dawn. You're not making it any easier. It took Dawn... Dawn... And me a while to realize that Dawn's mom was the Sharon in Dad's past. But when we made that connection, nothing could stop us. We reintroduced them, and Dan and Dad and Sharon fell in love. Dan? No. Who's Dan? And Dad and Sharon fell in love all over again. Tanner, they missed a crucial part out of that story. I'm waiting. Have you forgotten as well? So soon. Is that what happened? Is that what happened? Sharon and Mr. Spear reunited, and then they got back together, and they immediately got married? Or was there something else? Tanner, remember the trip, man. (laughs) Baby Nation, please don't forget to round off the quarters in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do, Baby Nation. Remember the Delaney's. And remember the trip, man. And take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. By the way, yeah. someone in Baby Nation, just really quickly, yeah. they talked about how you mentioned Jenkins all the time. 
Yeah. But you never mentioned Princess Cutie Face. She's uh-huh. doing well, right? She's a very private person. That's why I don't talk about her. Okay. But she's around? Yeah, man. She's fucking killing it. She's doing well? She's killing it. She's... I hope you don't take offense when I say this, but she's pretty opies. I do take offense. I just want to make sure she's healthy and doing well, man. She's a big, beautiful girl, and she does so well. No, she's I, think she's, I think she's, she's no beautiful. I think she's a lovely cat. I just want to make sure she's doing well. She's doing very, very well, better than ever, and she doesn't need your approval or disapproval. I had a big a cat. Shit. I had a big cat who died of heart failure, Jack. Yeah. As you remember. Yeah. My beautiful boy, Bull. Yep. So I'm concerned. I'm concerned about your big, beautiful lady. She's doing well. That was why the door was opening and closing. Because she her. just went, she went to see if there was some extra dinner she could get. And <laughs> she came back in here to open the door and go back to her little lair well, and good sulk. Good for her. She's living her best life. <laughs> that was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>